Perfect Stranglers contains graphic and explicit content suitable for mature listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome to Perfect Stranglers. I'm Bree. I'm Kylie. And I'm Nicole. And what's going on, ladies? Uh, not much. Yeah. Enjoying the the spring-ish weather coming our way. Mm-hmm. Very spring-ish. It's supposed yeah. to be like, like high 50s, low 60s for one day next week here. Woo-hoo. And then it goes back down to 30. Then it goes yeah. back down to 30s. It's so, supposed to like snow again. Yeah. It's f- like pre-spring. Fool's spring. Typical... Yeah. It is. Yeah. Typical for sure. Midwest. I'm going to probably get started mm-hmm. on some, like, spring cleaning stuff. Mm, yeah. I mean, that like, is the most important was... part of spring. Right. Like, it doesn't really sound yeah. fun, per se, but, like, I know it'll feel really good when it's done. Yes. Yes. That is something about growing up that when I was a child and my mom did spring cleaning, I'm like, fuck you. Can I not, please? <laughs> right. And now... <laughs> I'm like, is it spring yet? Can I do this? I mean, I still kind of did it. I did, like, a winter clean where I, like, got rid of a ton of shit, uh-huh. you know, and, like, purged things. I mean, I still think, like, when it's I'm so doing... satisfying. When I'm doing the spring cleaning, I'm still thinking, fuck you, spring cleaning. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> but, I mean, I know that it's it's going to feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but the feeling afterwards right. is fantastic. Right. Yeah. Just like right. get all of your winter things put away and like, yeah. 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 I look around like my ceiling. I'm obsessed with. I don't know if you guys know this. Nicole knows this, I think. But I'm obsessed with vacuuming. I vacuum at least twice to three times a week, and even then, I'm like, I need to vacuum more, just because I love. I hate crumbs. Mm-hmm. I don't like just crumbs i don't know yep but anyway so i was looking around at my ceiling and i'm like oh my god i have to vacuum my ceiling because of like the cobwebs yeah. and the dust and stuff yeah yeah that's, that's an thing. important part yeah i yep. recently yeah. got a new duster and i have some dusting spray that is currently sitting at my neighbor's apartment and i'm waiting to see if they will bring it over <laughs> to me or not um so <laughs> we will see if they're actually nice people or if they're kind of weird like i uh, thought they were like you um. suspect <laughs> i think that i think that we have already crossed that bridge and we've determined that they are a little weird they just yeah. delivered it I to have... the wrong apartment. yeah amazon just delivered it to the wrong apartment it's currently been sitting there for two days oh <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I think it's weird if I go up and, like, take a package off their doorstep. Like, that's kind of weird. I mean, it's mine, but at it the same time, It has your name like, on it. I know, but I think it's, like, to me, I'm, like, if someone came up to my thing and just, like, took something away, I'd be, like, what? So, normally at our apartment, if you get someone else's package, like, you take it to the other person. And I've taken it to other people. I've had other people, t- like, bring it to me, like... It's pretty normal for you to just drop it off at the other person's place. But it's just been sitting there for two days and they've been going in and out of their apartment just like looking at it. Well, maybe they want nothing. they're they're literally they're probably expecting you to come take it. But who does that? I mean, that's so fucking weird. No, who literally does that? 
that's a very good point. <laughs> However, <laughs> right. it's been sitting there and they've been ignoring it. They don't care about it. Yeah. yeah. I just, I emailed our property manager because I, like, I'm pretty close with her. And I was like, hey, um, I'm pretty sure they have my package. I don't want to be weird and, like, take something off their porch. I tried to, I did try to knock on their door yesterday and no one answered, but there yeah. were definitely people there. Um so <laughs> so I just emailed her and hopefully she will pick it up and bring it to me. I don't know. I just feel very I feel very weird about then that it can probably hear me too because I'm talking very loudly. So sorry. I mean <laughs> but maybe it was maybe it's the fact that you almost got arrested for breaking into someone's <laughs> house that has you scared about taking your own package off of your neighbor's doorstep? <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very cautious of things <laughs> and other people's perceptions of me. So, yeah. I'm Just send me over there. there. I'll take it. Although, I'll take um, it. Amazon did give me my money back. So I also oh, don't well. really care if I get it at this point. I guess. Amazon was really nice, and they were like, oh, we'll just refund you because you didn't get it. And I was like, I mean, I see it, but, like... Right? <laughs> okay, thanks. But I can't get it. I, like... My body, like, physically won't let me pick it up off the porch. <laughs> so, yeah, we're playing a fun game with my neighbor. <laughs> Nicole, you're so kind. <laughs> Or I'm just a scaredy cat. Maybe uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, I would have taken it. Right. <laughs> it's my shit. I mean, it's not like you can't prove that it's your package. Like that's the thing. I know. Right. I know. Right. I should just. I should just like. But I feel like I because I'm like taking something off of their porch, right? Like I feel like I need to say something. You could leave a post. No, you don't. I feel like you. I feel like you need to go and do this while we're recording. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I feel like you need to. Definitely not. Well, I we'll like ask them just for you. Put us on Facetime. Knock on the door. Hold up the phone, and we'll be like, "Hey, what's up?" Hey, you. So it'll be. <gasps> it'll be the second weird neighbor thing to happen while we're recording. <laughs> right. Be like, oh, we're gonna just uh, have Nicole take this package because it isn't really yours, mm-hmm. so you don't care, right? Cool. Have a nice night. <laughs> and it's bye. It's nothing that I'm pretty sure they would want. It's literally just hypoallergenic dusting spray. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But I'm, I'm too chicken to take it. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Welcome to my introverted, anxious life. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get yep. it to a certain point, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm pretty yeah. sure that I... everyone that listens to this podcast will understand. Everyone will understand to a certain extent of that. Yep, exactly. and then they'll also be like, but you're yes. stupid. And that's okay, I accept that. <laughs> no, I, accept I, can that. Guarantee, I can guarantee half of them will be like, dude, I wouldn't go get it either. I'd just probably go to the store and buy another one. <laughs> today and i was gonna just pick up other dusting spray <laughs> and then i forgot it so then when i came home i was like shoot i didn't pick up that i other cannot dusting be spray. 
I cannot be the only one impressed that you actually use dusting spray. Yeah, you don't? No. Oh, yeah, you definitely should. I like it because it it leaves, like, a nice shine, and then it can help prevent dust from, from collecting. So it, like, cuts so, down on overall dust in general. So, sorry, I'm eating a tomato. Um, a cherry tomato. So, um, my mom used to, like, <laughs> You had to, like, make... specify that because what are you, like, eating a tomato? Like, well, because oh, wouldn't it be like... weird if I was holding a fucking, like, on-the-vine tomato eating it like a goddamn apple? Like, that's weird. <laughs> I felt like I had to clarify that. I don't know. I just, I wouldn't put it past you, so. I, I've done it. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so my mom used to have, like, chores for us. I'm not like Kayla and does my chores well. Okay. But my mom, <laughs> yeah, um, but my mom used to have us like do chores or whatever. I would always choose dusting because it was super fucking easy and I got to use the, I think Same. it's like, it's not pledge, it's, is yeah, it it's pledge, pledge dusting? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Pledge. And you get to like, I would like spray the table, but I pretend, pretend that I was like graffitiing the table with it. <laughs> yep. Yep. 100%. Green, yeah. So my mom used to use dusting spray, but like as I became an adult, I'm like, I'm not going to use that and i don't know why because it's just another thing that i don't want to buy true but i should i have when you sent me the voice message earlier that you were like kylie i think my neighbors are weird (laughs) (laughs) or like no it was like in here you're like and we're continuing the story of are my neighbors weird or not (laughs) i was like i just had like this memory of dusting my mom's table like with this pledge dusting spray i was like oh I should buy dusting spray. (laughs) Everly would love to dust the table. Right? (laughs) Right? I also got this really nice um, OXO duster that's like, it's like a feather duster, but not like feathers, obviously. Mm -hmm. You can like detach the thing and wash it. Nice. So it's like reusable. So nice. OXO's the best. I can't. Yes. It is so much better than the Swiffer ones. I bought a whole thing of Swiffers and... I honestly don't like it. They don't catch up, like, as much stuff. And then, like, I feel like one use and it's, like, donezo. Mm-hmm. So that was Cleaning Corner. So... <laughs> cleaning Corner with the perfect stranglers. <laughs> I didn't know that was OXO. I thought it was just OXO. Oh, I don't know. I call it OXO. I've always heard it referred to as OXO. But... I don't think I've ever said it out loud. Is my problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, I too okay. thought it was OXO, no. but then I heard someone say it and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, OXO. Yeah. Okay. I've always just said yeah. OXO in my head because I, I speak things like when I'm looking at something, I say it in my head. That's not weird. Do you guys ever talk in accents in your head? 100%. Sometimes. Hello, mate. <laughs> Hello, mate. Good night, Mike. Welcome to Australia. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, accents Corner with Kylie. That's <laughs> what it is. So, Brie, what are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this got real weird. Why do I always make it weird? <laughs> so, today we have kind of another lighter episode. Um... It's kind of hold on for a second. What was that? Why is it 
so dark in your house right now? Because the sun is going the down. The sun just went down. <laughs> it got that dark that quick. Yeah, that's the how last, the sun like, works, Skyly. <laughs> Wait a second, guys! Oh my god, it's dark out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rotation of the Earth makes it dark. In a short well, period of time. so from where I'm sitting, it was dark in here. It's dark in my apartment anyway because I'm half underground and I have the light on and my laptop is covering all of my windows. So I didn't know that it was dark out. And I'm like, it was, ju- we were just talking about daylight savings time with Brie 12 minutes ago. Yeah. It's been 12 minutes and it went from being light to dark. Yeah. Yeah. The earth is fucking crazy, man. Could you imagine how I was high and that happened? I'd be like fucking spinning. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so, okay. So go for it, Bree. Today it's kind of a mysterious <laughs> one, you might say. Oh. Um, today we will discuss Bohemian Grove. Uh so Bohemian Grove is very secretive. Uh it's a lot of people have um, tried to infiltrate it for years just to try and figure out exactly what goes on there. Um, there's a lot of stuff that is unknown about Bohemian Grove, but I'm going to tell you just about everything that is known about it. It is an exclusive summer camp for elite rich people and politicians who are in the Bohemian Club. The Bohemian Club is a secret society that was started in 1872 by some journalists Uh, who worked for the San Francisco Examiner. Um, It was just kind of their way to get together after work and chill. Um, They have a city clubhouse in the Union Square district of San Francisco, um, and it is located uh, in a six-story masonry building uh, at the corner of Post Street and Taylor Street. In 1878, the growing membership of artists, writers, and musicians acquired land near Monte Rio, California, and they hosted their first summer party. Na- par- they hosted their first summer party there, then known as Midsummer Hijinks. But this became the ooh yeah, this became well. The, I would l- love to go to that right. <laughs> Hijinks. I love a I love a good hijink. <laughs> this became the location uh, for Bohemian Grove. It's in the Russian River Valley in Northern California in Sonoma County, about 50 miles from San Francisco. Uh, the site for the club's retreat covers approximately 2,700 acres, and it has been become increasingly inaccessible. Uh, the redwoods up there are so tall and dense that there's no way to see most of Bohemian Grove from above, say, by helicopter or drone. It's it's thick vegetation out there. Um, there's thick. Thick. There's also video surveillance through the woods and tons of security, uh, which only adds to the mystery of what goes on out there. Uh, there are two of main events that take place out there spring jinx in june and the main encampment which is in july uh can we clarify something real quick yeah. so you said this was a summer camp 
So this is a summer camp for grown-ass men? Yeah, basically it's this big plot of land that they, the club owns, and they go and they camp out there for like two weeks out of the summer. This, and I cannot be the only one that thinks it is weird that grown-ass men are going to a summer camp and camping together. Well, it's not like, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily like summer camp. Like I mean, right, camp, there's not, like, camp like counselors a, and they, like... Like, work, like, work retreat, still, like, that sort of thing. There are a lot of, like... That, that is weird. No, it is weird. Things. Okay, it's thank weird, you. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. I'm assuming it's gonna get a little weirder, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it starts out as a summer camp for grown-ass men... Yeah. It can only go weird from there. Right? <laughs> Okay, so the two events that take place there are the Spring Jinx in June, the main encampment in July, and it is thought that the 16-day encampment, as it is called, uh, involves, among other things, concerts, theater, informal lectures called Lakeside Talks, parties, and casual networking. The club's motto is, Weaving Spiders Come Not Here, from Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. The meaning, Mm -hmm. yes, the meaning is don't come here with an agenda. It's about camaraderie, not business, basically. That was originally the motto and its intent, but once more businessmen and politicians joined, it became known for its networking possibilities. Uh, Every Republican president since Coolidge has been invited to attend Bohemian Grove minus Trump. He has never gotten an invitation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> little fucking bitch yes. little dumbass bitch alongside <laughs> yes alongside executives from uh some fortune 500 companies um and over the past hundred years the bohemian club has grown to a membership of approximately 2500 uh members including several former united states presidents and high-ranking politicians and military officials some members of the some members of the bohemian club past and present include in no specific order george bush senior william randolph hearst newt gingrich uh richard nixon teddy roosevelt um it's invite only. Uh, there are 20,000 people on the waiting list uh, to get into the club. Uh, wow. the, the average time on the wait list for the uh, Bohemian Club is between 20 and 30 years. Although it's faster. Oh it's faster if you can play an instrument, though, because they want to have that like culture and <laughs> oh, well rounded and everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> Cause that was actually I would be a, I would be a shoe in with my clarinet skills. (laughs) (laughs) They would they would love me. Well, actually, women aren't allowed in the club, but we'll get to that. I figured. Um, you know, having a vagina just really knocks you down a few steps in society. It does, unfortunately. (laughs) Women have never been allowed full membership at the club, Um, and although no woman has ever been given a full membership in the bohemian club the four there are four female honorary members um that were recognized hostess margaret bowman also 
I don't know these people, and you probably won't either because they're from the 1800s. Margaret Bowman, <clears throat> poet Ina Coolbrith, who served as the librarian for the club. Um, she was the uh, first California poet laureate and the first poet laureate of any American state. Uh, and if you don't yeah. know, a poet laureate is kind of a weird thing. Uh, it's a poet that is officially appointed by a government or conferring institution, typically expected to compose poems for special events and occasions. Yeah, we have uh, we have a poet laureate. He's pretty sweet. Cool. Uh, also, the last the last one. Um, actually, no, there's two more. Uh, stage actress Elizabeth Crocker Bowers and writer. Sarah Jane Lippincott. So since since Ina Coolbrith's death in ni- 1928, no other woman has been made an honorary member. Uh, these honorary members and other female guests have been allowed into the Bohemian City Club building um, as daytime guests and as daytime guests of the Grove but they are not allowed on the upper floors of the city club, nor as guests to the main summer encampment at the Grove. Um, annual ladies jinx were held at the club, especially for spouses and invited guests. Uh, and at the Grove, um, they have, however, recently been allowed to attend as guests, but they have to, the women have to leave by 10 p.m. What the fuck? Yeah. All right. Uh, a, hate that. Right? A lot of members uh, of the secret society at Yale University called Skull and Crossbones are also members of the Bohemian Club. Uh, these people include um, John Kerry, uh, President William Howard Taft, and George Bush Sr. Um, so there are many different camps within the Grove, uh, each with 20 to 50 people. Each camp has a unique and different cabin or clubhouse. Each camp has a camp valet who is responsible for the operation of the individual camps. The head valets are like general managers at a resort, club, restaurant, or hotel. Uh, All the little groups, all the little camps, have clever little names like Mandalay, Lost Angels, Caveman, Aviary, the Sons of Toil, uh, and the Hillbillies, which is the <laughs> yes, which is the group um, that the Bushes and all the other Texans are in. I was gonna say, is that the George W. Bush one? Yep, that's their group. Oh, of course man. it is. Uh... So all of these are along a main dirt road. Um, they burn firewood to stay warm and just generally host people from the other camps and go around and visit uh, people at other camps and provide entertainment. It is said that the Mandalay Camp is the camp for international relations and consists of more than a few members uh, of- officially or otherwise connected to foreign policy and the CIA. Mandalay is the only camp uh, that the average visitor cannot just walk into. An appointment or formal invitation is necessary. As with any elite secret society, uh, over the years rumors have abounded, uh, though members tend to blame that on the club's strict no cell phone policy. According to a former mm. guest, 
members can actually get suspended for having a cell phone there. Oh. Yes. Um, so obviously, uh, like we said before, people have uh, always tried to infiltrate it. Security is very tight. In the summer of eight, um, 1980, Rick Kloger gained and <laughs> I have no idea what that is. All right, in the summer of 1980, Rick Kloger gained entry to Bohemian Grove with the help of an employee and posed as staff during two weekends of the annual July encampment. For his efforts, the first magazine reporting from inside the grove was published in August 1981 issue of Mother Jones. Around the same time, ABC Evening News aired a special report on Bohemian Grove. Then, in the summer of 1989, spy magazine writer Philip Weiss spent seven days in the camp posing as a guest, which led to his November 1989 article, Inside the Bohemian Grove. He was eventually discovered and arrested for trespassing. Uh, another person who infiltrated, um, do you guys know who Alex Jones is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did? He did. So, lunatic, Holy shit. L- absolute lunatic, r- far-right conspiracy theorist Alex Jones has been the only mm. person who has snuck in and has been able to smuggle out recorded video. <gasps> yes. You can look it Holy up. Holy shit. Uh, other people from the press have tried to... S- uh, sneak in and all of them have been found out and had their video taken from them um, oh, oh, wow. yeah uh, when he went it was July 2000 um, he went to the main gate and then he went down in the culvert through a marsh type area and came out into the main parking lot where they take open backed trucks like a kind of like a hayride and they take members into the camp. They drive them into the camp. They stop at a security point and ask everyone what group they're with. And he had done enough research to know that, you know, what some of the group names were. And he said he was with the Hillbillies mm-hmm. camp. Um, I mean, he's, I, it, I'm pretty sure he's from Texas and he has an accent. So It fits. Yes. It fits, yeah. Yep. Um, wow. He saw them all drinking and mingling. And then he went and sat next to a building for about two hours until it got dark and he went out to watch the cremation of care ceremony and record it which i will tell you about in a minute since then the security has heightened um i mean all (laughs) that was in the year 2000 so all security has heightened (laughs) after 2001 um after 11 yeah Um, Bohemian Grove is protected by a sophisticated security system year-round. Bohemian Club employs ex-military personnel to help secure the area. They utilize high-end security equipment, including thermal night vision cameras, motion detectors, and vibration-sensing alarm systems. They have higher security than the White House. Probably. (laughs) swear to God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or even, dare I say, the Capitol. Because remember that one time? Yeah. yeah. That, right. that, that one time. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, yeah, lots of security. Understandable, I guess, with so many high-powered people in one place. Um, if you ask the locals in the nearby town about the goings-on at Bohemian Grove, they will not have any information for you. This is because of a few things. Uh, a lot of the locals work at the Grove, and they are sworn to secrecy. A lot of the other locals literally don't know anything because it's so secret. And any any other local that knows may be playing it safe and pretending like they know nothing because each year it helps bring in a ton of money through tourism during the two weeks that the Grove is hopping. Still, Reddit Weird. does not disappoint. And... <laughs> <laughs> our best, our, our secret best yep, friend. Yeah, a few alleged employees have anonymously written about their experiences working at the Grove. One says, I saw someone order lobster for breakfast. It's the kind of place where we have to make that happen. I heard Carl Rove, former White House Deputy Chief of Staff, cussing up a storm. One time, Rove and Ashcroft, the att uh, Attorney General to Bush, were talking to one another, mm -hmm. and they hushed up very quickly when I came to serve them. It seemed sneaky, and I felt angry. I'm fairly liberal, and I hated having to serve them. It's weird. The Grove is situated in a very liberal area. Almost all of us employees considered a lot of the members enemies. Hmm. Do you think anyone's ever spat in food? Mm, maybe. Probably. Uh, I feel like, that's I feel like that would be... Actually... Probably not, because they have so much security and cameras and stuff. Oh, That's true. True. I feel like true. maybe someone is maybe, like, 100% they've all thought about it. I wonder if anyone's gotten away with it. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. if they got away one time with sneaking a their friend in, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, another employee named Devin remembered a night when she had to break it to the ex-Republican presidential candidate, uh, Jeb Bush, that he could not have, have a milkshake. The pastry chefs are, uh, are busy making dessert for everyone, so the, the rules, um, there are rules when you can order milkshakes, she said. One night, Jeb Bush is there. He flags me down and asks for a milkshake. I give him my spiel about why you can't have a milkshake before 8 p.m. He's like, no, I really want a milkshake. I'm like, I'm sorry, sir, but I can't get you one. So he asks to speak to my manager. Uh, like this presidential campaign, Bush's milkshake com confrontation would end in defeat. So I find a manager. <laughs> I tell him what's going on. He goes back over the, to the table and basically says the same thing that I did. Jeb Bush gets kind of angry and he says something like, do you know who I am? <laughs> My manager bends down and says, yes, sir, I know who you are, but the milkshake rule still applies to you. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, I love yes. that. I love it. I think it. it'd be pretty interesting to work there. I mean, you'd probably see oh, a lot yeah. of things you'd never expect. You see a lot of things, and you'd, it, it sounds like, honest to God, and I think I've said this on this podcast before, an episode of Scandal. Yeah, for sure. The, is what it sounds the like. The club banned women from even working at the camp until a 1978 California Supreme Court lawsuit judged that the employment practices were discriminatory. 
The female staff's presence is limited to daylight hours and working in central areas close to the main gate. Male workers, however, may be housed uh, at the grove within the boundaries of the camp which they are assigned or in peripheral service areas. High status workers uh, stay in small private quarters, but most are housed in rustic bunkhouses. And I'm pretty sure rustic, that's kind of candy coating it, I'm guessing. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, well, it's yeah. just the staff. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the main structures of the camp are the field circle, which is a bowl-shaped amphitheater used for mid-encampment, low jinx, musical comedy, and for the spring jinx in early June uh, for a variety, uh, a variety of other performances. There's also the dining circle, a seating area that... Uh, can hold approximately 1,500 diners simultaneously. So, I mean, they need a massive staff for this. Yeah. Um, they also have the clubhouse, which has stood since its completion in 1904 uh, on a bluff uh, overlooking the Russian River. Uh, I bet it's haunted. Maybe. <clears throat> it could be. Oh, there's bad energy there. It's haunted. <laughs> There's a multi-purpose <laughs> dining area in there, um, uh, drinking and entertainment building. Um, ordinarily, as the motto implies, political business dealings are not to be done at Bohemian Grove. However, the clubhouse was the site um, for the Manhattan, Pro- Manhattan Project planning meeting in 1942, resulting in the creation of the atom bomb. Um, there are a few other uh, smaller uh common areas used for a more intimate setting like the campfire circle um, but the the main important congregating area is the owl shrine and the lake so it's an artificial lake uh, in the interior of the grove and it's used for noontime concerts and is also uh, the venue for the cremation of care which takes place on the first Saturday of the encampment. It is also the location of 12.30 p.m. daily lakeside talks. Um, These significant informal talks uh, have been given over the years by entertainers, professors, astronauts, business leaders, cabinet officers, um, CIA directors, future presidents, and former presidents. They kick off their camping trip with this cremation of care ceremony the first night. So the cremation of care ceremony, um, this was a tradition that was started in 1881. Currently, Walter Cronkite, know who that is? Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the journalist from back in the day. Uh, Walter Cronkite Mm -hmm. uh, voices the 40-foot owl via a recording in the ceremony. This place is so fucking weird. Yes. The stone owl... This is so weird. It is. The stone owl was placed there in 1929 and has been used in the cremation of care ceremony since then. Um, It's located at the owl shrine stage at the lake. Uh, So what the cremation of care ceremony means is that everyone puts their conscious... 
uh, and their, their cares and worries into a coffin and it gets burned at the foot of the owl, the big stone owl, to symbolize letting their stresses go for the next two weeks while they're at the grove so they can have fun. The owl represents their thirst for knowledge and all things. The ceremony starts out with many robed men with torches surrounding a 40-foot owl on a type of stage area. One of them says, For behold, here is Bohemia's shrine, and holy are the pillars of this house. The, red, the Redwood Forest is like their temple. There's a lot of druid symbolism and imagery throughout this ceremony, and the Bohemian Grove as a whole. While this is all going on, a black horse-drawn carriage comes across the stage carrying a coffin with a body and effigy, and the owl starts speaking and says, There is only one goddess that can help you. Only one true deity. You must burn all care. Then all of a sudden, a pyrotechnic that looks like a meteor or lightning gets shot down at the stage, and that's the end of the ceremony. And then everyone... What the fuck? Yes, and then everyone cheers, and the festivities begin. So that ceremony was recorded by Alex Jones, and it's available. You can watch it. You can still find it online. It's pretty interesting. That's crazy yes that sounds like some shit that you'd see in a movie of like a frat ritual of like hazing the f- the yes what pledges or whatever or like in is what some it sounds weird, like like eyes wide shut type shit yeah god that's weird yeah. so then after that their festivities god, begin weird. their festivities include getting show wasted daily uh <laughs> peeing on the redwood trees um yeah, it's a thing that they do. It's oh a pastime. Uh, a former employee of the Grove states, most of the craziness stemmed from the fact that a lot of the members were very drunk all day long. The dining circle where I worked was literally a huge redwood grove, and a lot of members, instead of walking to the bathroom, would just piss on the trees. In the dining circle, oh. there is a pea tree, but it's just a giant hollowed out redwood with a toilet inside how bad does it stink in there you know what i mean true that's gross <laughs> disgusting and how disrespectful like Honestly. i mean but what would you expect from a bunch of conservative men right just like <laughs> they also like to get naked wear fishnets <laughs> they enjoy elvis impersonators and dr- um dress and drag so god this shit's so this is the weirdest shit we've ever talked about on here (laughs) i just like every layer of it is just more and more yeah it just gets you can make this shit up uh you can make it up sometimes members will get together and put on performances of shakespeare and other dramas or they hire troops to perform them uh, Richard Nixon. Wait a second. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. They hire troops like our military. No, no, no. Like a troop of actors. No, no, no. Like a troop like of. Peter oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, like a, acting like a troop. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank yes. you. <laughs> uh, Richard Nixon attended the Grove, uh, and he had a really hot take on it. Um, he was recorded 
uh, by the White House secret recording system without knowing it. Uh, he was talking to two of his aides, and I'm going to quote him and pardon the homophobic language. He said, uh, you know what's happened in San Francisco? And one of the aides says, yeah, they've gone queer. And Nixon says, it isn't just the ratty part of town that's that, that way. It's the upper class of San Francisco is that way. The Bohemian Grove that I attend from time to time, the Easterners and others that come there, but it is the most faggy goddamn thing that you could ever imagine. And the San Francisco crowd goes there. It's just terrible. I mean, I won't shake hands with anybody from San Francisco. And one of the aides goes, really? And Nixon says, well, it's a different set of values. And you can also find that recording and listen to it on YouTube. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, he's a known asshole and a known, like, you know, yeah. homophobe. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh due to Bohemian Grove's uh, intimate setting, um, members often get to meet and mingle with the special guests. Special guests include Jimmy Buffett, Clint Black, Jim Belushi, and Clint Eastwood, to name a few. Um, wow. Yeah. So, uh, in 2020, though, uh, it was actually canceled because of COVID. I'm guessing it was probably... Wait a second. They believed in COVID? I know, right? <laughs> I was surprised. Oh, my God. I know. I looked it up. I I legitimately am surprised. Like, I know I'm being like a sarcastic asshole, but I am surprised. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually canceled due to COVID. And also wow. canceled was the controversial $150,000 security contract between the Sonoma County Sheriff's Department and the Bohemian Club at Bohemian Grove. Um, mm -hmm. There are always protests during these encampments. Um, there's a lot of reasons for the protests, depending upon who's attending or depending upon recent political events. But there's something that is always protested, and that is the secrecy of the Grove and, and the society itself. Their main gripe is that they want transparency from all these high-powered people who affect their everyday life of all Americans. They don't agree with political... I don't know what's happening in my apartment right now. It is so loud and I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to record a podcast! <laughs> oh my god. Leave that part in. <laughs> For fuck's sake. It is 7.30. If your kids are, you know, younger than the age of seven, they should be in fucking bed. They need 12 hours of sleep. Okay. All right. So their main gripe is that they want transparency from all these high-powered people who affect everyday life for all Americans. They don't agree with the political and world leaders being able to discuss and plan things in secret. And that is the Grove. That is Bohemian Grove. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty weird. I only learned about it like a couple years ago and I was very surprised and very intrigued. Yeah, that is, I, uh, wow. Yeah. I had no, I had, that is not what I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Yeah. 
Um, I find it very odd that they are into like redwood trees and the druids and like stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems very weird to me that conservative men would be worshipping that type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think more of that is like the people who started out um who created the Bohemian Club were very different from like the today's mm-hmm. members. Who's in it now? Yeah, yeah, like they were like free spirit like artist people, you know. So I can kind of get, like, for those people, like, because that, the the cremation of care, that was, like, from, that's a tradition from the 1800s that they still do. So I think that, like, the people back then were a lot more, um, uh, how do I want to say, like, open to that type of thing? Right, they were more, like, I don't, sentimental, I don't know, that's not the right word, but, um, you know what I mean, like, yeah, yeah. They put more thought into it, and it was a little bit more serious to them, I think, than, like, all these people just goofing off and getting drunk and, you know. And pissing on a redwood. Right, and playing pranks on each other and, you know, stuff like that. Running around naked and dressing in drag. Right? So, I mean. Could you imagine Jeb Jeb Bush running around naked? Oh, my God. Gross. Yeah. That's all I can think about. There are some pictures of Bohemian. I mean, no naked pictures, but there are some pictures of Bohemian Grove. Like, there's a picture of, um, I believe they're sitting. If I had a guess, I'd say it's probably in the dining uh, area, the outside dining area. And it's a picture, mm-hmm. and it has um, both Ronald Reagan and um, Richard Nixon sitting there um, at the table. Um, this is shit that they should be teaching in history class. Yeah. How much more interesting would it be if we had to learn about the real shit that's happening? Right. Like this stuff. No kidding. I would have paid attention. <laughs> that <laughs> is so fascinating. Honestly, yeah. Like, I love I love history stuff. I love learning about secret societies, which is why I'm shocked that I didn't know about this. I just find it so interesting. It's like all these people are tied together into one society and you're like, yeah, they're on the same like page mentally, politically, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But all these people from all different walks of life, all different like professions all come together and they're all connected and it's like, okay, what's going on under the table? Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. It's just, thinking about that is just a shit spiral for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say it's like an episode yeah. of Scandal. If you've never seen Scandal, it is what it is. It's This is it. We're living in it. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Except yeah. we're with Elvis impersonators. Yeah. <laughs> and we, I say this as I have a thing of, need, I've been playing with needle nose players this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm not uh. crazy. <laughs> um, but wow, Brie. That was a, that was a, I want to do more secret societies on here. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. We need to do, like, the Masons and the Illuminati. Uh-huh. Oh, fuck yeah. Which. Of what it really a is. A lot of them yep. overlap. Yep. You know, like, we said mm-hmm. the Skull and Crossbones, a lot of the Skull and Crossbones people are in Bohemian Grove. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, have some, who knows, connections to 
the Rothschilds or the Rockefellers or all that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. It's just so, it's just such a big spider web of money and power. Power, yes. And fucking patriarchy. Power in every sense of the word. Yes, fucking patriarchy. <laughs> Who is that? My favorite murder does fucking patriarchy? Is that them? Um, no, I just said that. I don't know. One of the one of the podcasts <laughs> yeah. that we aspire to be has fucking no. I think it's wine and crime has fucking patriarchy. Oh, they did? cups. Really? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, they have fucking patriarchy cups. Oh. I think it's them. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so wow, Brie, um, we're going to do more secret societies for sure, because this has just opened up a shitstorm of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Also, did yeah. we do housekeeping? Uh, no. We did not. Oh. Because it's my job and I forgot about it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kylie and I forget. <laughs> so, uh, you guys, if you, um, if you liked what you just heard... And you enjoy listening to Perfect Stranglers as much as we enjoy giving you Perfect Stranglers. Um, go ahead and rate us on Apple Podcast if you um, have an iPhone or an Apple device. Because you can't do it on Android, which is fucking dumb. Um, but, uh, yeah. So go ahead and leave us a review and rate us. That just helps us out a lot with just getting noticed um, on that platform with people who like the true crime genre. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen. Um, And please follow us on our social medias. We're on Instagram. We are on Twitter and Facebook. And we recently just started a a YouTube channel. Um, So we're slowly getting some episodes up on there. It is... Uh, labor of love by our dear Nicole here um, so uh, yeah and if you have any interesting stories or any cases you want us to cover go ahead and email us at contact at perfectstranglers.com also pet of the week we need more pets Heck yeah. so send us your you know send us your pet and a little snippet about your pet and we will feature them every Wednesday on our little pet of the week thing that we do on our social meds sweet and that's the spiel that's the housekeeping yeah. Or the housework, as Bree says. The housework. <laughs> That's our housework. <laughs> I get that housework out of the way. All right, so long, everyone. Until next week. Wait a second. Isn't that what Mr. Rogers used to say? The so long, farewell. Isn't that a thing? No. Sorta. You know what I'm talking... Mean, what did he say? There is, there is like a... I don't know if it was Mr. Rogers, but it was like, so long, farewell... Is that from the sound of music? Uh, yep, that's what it is. That's what it is. Sound of music. So long, farewell. It's when they're like going to bed. Yes. Oh, I've never seen Sound of Music. To you and you and you and you and you and you and you. Yep. Okay. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye, stranglers.